just begin by saying we have many wonderful saints of God from our church family who have gone on uh, to see the Lord, to be with the Lord, but it's, it was a sweet, sweet opportunity for us to remember Mike, and I thank Sawyer. She's gone to prepare, I think, for the next service, but uh, it's a sweet, sweet memory of Mike's faithfulness to our church and uh, to have Sawyer sing on, in, his, in his memory today. We started a, a sermon series last week called Filled. We're looking through the book of Acts. We went to Luke last week, but uh, Luke's first book. But, but filled, looking at Acts, everybody in every city is full of something. The question is, what or who? And this is to be what's normative. As we go through the book of Acts, what's to be normal for Christians being filled by uh, the Holy Spirit. Dr. Lorstorfer, uh, a few months ago, I was listening to him teach on Ezekiel, and he said, we live in a post-Pentecost time, but unfortunately, and too often, we live in a pre-Pentecost way. When we look at the lives of believers, clergy and lay, all the believers in the book of Acts, we see God's intention for the church today, what we can be, but also who we can have this renewed daily filling of the Holy Spirit. So we don't want to miss that. We'll have some times through this series. We'll look a little bit more about who the Spirit is. We'll, we'll study some of his attributes together. Sometimes, like today, we're going to look at some prerequisites. What are those things believers need to do? And we'll see a lot of it here. We saw a lot of it last week. So we put ourselves in a place so that we can receive uh, from the Holy Spirit. So let's start with that. Let's start with what. If you're a note taker, you can write down the word what. What's the prerequisite you see here? There are several, but the main one we're given here is wait. How hard was that? That's three seconds. We don't like waiting, right? I mean, we're sitting there dying, waiting on red to finally turn to green, right? We do that. But now, all of a sudden, over the last five, five years, when it turns to green, you've got to wait another three or four. It, what's the etiquette? You get three Mississippi before you can blow your horn and say, put down your phone and go. I mean, that's it. It's wait and then wait some more. And we don't do well at waiting. But this, for God to move, for God to have his fullness in us, for God to freely reign in us, there's so many disciplines that we need to be about, and one of them here, the mandate, the prerequisite is wait. Last week, that was Simeon's model. He had been told, he had been promised he would see the consolation of Israel. He would see the salvation of the Lord, and he went to the temple daily waiting and waiting and waiting, and then he got to hold the Christ child. We wait upon the Lord. It's a constant call in Scripture to wait upon the Lord. Now listen, they do, if you just look at these verses here a little bit further down, they're doing everything else right. Not only are they waiting, but usually it's, it's so many other disciplines. You see they join together here in verse 14, chapter 2, verse 1. They join together the importance of Christian fellowship. Verse 14 and 24, they're praying. Verse 16, the scriptures are being clearly taught. We can't, we can't know what the Lord has for us, and you'll see that later. They didn't know they could have the Spirit. They only knew of John the Baptist's uh, a baptism. You got to know the scriptures to know what the Lord can and will do. They're, they're waiting so well that in verse 23, they're already picking leadership. 
They're casting lots. We're going to, between these two, who's going to be the new disciple? You know why? Because we believe God's going to do this thing. If we wait well, well, he's going to fulfill his promises to us. And it really is. This is the only time in the New Testament, the one time this word of wait is used in this way where it's positive, where this waiting is with expectation and readiness Come do what you're going to do. But we've got to go through that season of expectation and waiting. And then, when we've done those things, those prerequisites, and we'll talk about more and more in the weeks to come. We've done those things. It, it will be, as my wife's favorite, one of my wife's favorite missionaries used to say, and then the fire will fall. If we'll do the waiting, if we'll be in prayer, if we'll be in accountability groups with one another. Lord, come do a new thing. Fill me to the brim. Would you come and freely reign? Waiting is what Simeon does. Waiting is what they do. He'd been with them 40 days. It's 10 more days uh, to Pentecost. They wait upon the Lord, and then the fire falls. Don't get ahead of God. But allow this season, these weeks post-Pentecost, maybe there needs to be a season of waiting and the Spirit will come. That's the what. The what is wait. Now I want to talk a little bit about the where. Renee had mentioned that. Second point, what about the where? The where is Jerusalem. And we think about that and say, well, of course the Spirit falls in Jerusalem. It's the holy city. It's, it's the holy season of Pentecost where God's going to write he talks about the giving of the law. Well, now he's going to write that law on your hearts. I get that. But if you're the disciples, how do you hear that? I want you to, to be in Jerusalem for this. They've just killed Jesus. And you'll see it later. I think it's Acts 21. Yeah. It's not, they don't just round up the leader of a religious group. They kill thousands at a time. If there's any hint of insurrection. If there's any hint of that at all, they'll kill everybody in this place. And I want you to stay right there. So already it's unsettling if you're a disciple. They've already been huddled together in fear, and rightly so, because this is what Rome does. But I don't think that's why. I don't think Scripture argues that's why they wait there. What did they have just done in that city? They had failed the Lord. And I, I, you can't imagine. You get a hint of it in Peter's response to Jesus uh, after the betrayal. He goes out and weeps bitterly. Just the shame of that place. I was driving uh, by St. Mark's Methodist Church I go out to flow. My, we had a target. We had a target date. Kate wanted to go to Target. We went to Target. Uh, uh, every time I drive by this one place, not a not a student from my uh, youth group, but a student who was important to that community, I, I remember where the car wreck was. I'm 28 years I hadn't been at St. Mark's, but I remember the horror of those days. And, 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 and then as we drove to another place to to get on the interstate, at one of my students who had died there, and just. Um, 28 years and I can't shake when I drive by those places and, and this shame to deny Jesus three times here to just over there have all run 
after the arrest, who have all huddled together, just the shame that must have been on their minds, and you're telling us to wait there? Why don't we get to go to Galilee? Why don't we go where we had this incredible ministry? We were faithful to go out two by two and saw amazing things happen. Why can't we go there? Because don't think it's a change of environment. Don't think it's a, a change of stuff that, this, that the reason Acts 2 is going to happen. I am going to come to you in your brokenness. I'm going to come to you in your shame. I'm going to come to you where you blew it and watch what I can do and make something beautiful of your life. That place which was the worst place ever where the Son of God died and you all just stood by. Watch what I can do to redeem and to fill and to empower. That's the where. It's Jerusalem. What a picture of, of look, we, we'll just go somewhere else where we did it on our own, where we did all this work. And this, the temptation through all this, as we talk about the filling of the Holy Spirit, is what Dennis Kinlaw in his book, Practicing the Presence of God, or Preaching from the Holy Spirit, would say, excuse me, uh, Preaching by the Holy Spirit. So often he talks about self-will and he talks about self-interest. That maybe, church, we can be that. Lord, I've, I've kind of got my family kind of got this life thing figured out i i am so grateful to be forgiven and covered by your blood but as, as far as this life thing is i'll see you when i get to heaven but i kind of got it right now and he's reminding these disciples you're broken and right where you are where you couldn't do it right i'm coming and i'm going to come and empower you and it's got to be the spirit and you go back to luke chapter 4 i'll let you do that later but let me just call a couple of verses that's jesus's life verse 2 jesus was full of the spirit he was as by definition of that word complete abounding in full completely occupied with the holy spirit the the one person who's ever walked the face of the earth who could say, I am complete and perfect in myself, and I'm full of the Holy Spirit. I am walking in the Holy Spirit. What a beautiful uh, model for us. And then later in Luke, and we'll talk about this in weeks to come, you're going to hear this word led, that Jesus was led. In Luke chapter 4, you're going to see it a couple of times. Led by the Holy Spirit to the wilderness. That word can not only mean led, but it also can mean bring or carry. I'll tell you something. I had a hard episode in high school basketball about to pass out. Nobody carried me off that court. I walked to the sidelines and then passed out. I uh, broken bones on the field, torn ligaments on the field, Nobody carried me off. My dad was a football coach. I feared him more than the broken bone. I walked off that field. Nobody put, get your hands off of me. Severe concussion on a field. I walked off. Don't remember it, but I watched the game film, and I walked off on my own power. Jesus will have none of that. He models it for us. Completed himself. The very center of our worship, the king of kings, the head of the church, Jesus Christ says, I'm in the Spirit. And he, he carries me. Even that beautiful passage in Hebrews that says, through the Holy Spirit was Jesus Christ offered to the Father. No, this is my sacrifice. This is me. The Holy Spirit offered me to God. I just love the picture of our, of our Savior. Self-interest? No. Self-glory? 
know. Spirit, you come lead. Spirit, you be in. And you just see it throughout Luke 4, Luke 10, Luke 12. And now we get to our passage too, Acts chapter 1, verse 2. And Luke begins by saying, this one who's defeated sin and death, who's been resurrected by or through the Holy Spirit, gave orders to his disciples. Post-resurrection? Maybe public ministry. Post-resurrection, yes, by the Holy Spirit. Let me tell you who you're to be and what you're to do. It's a beautiful picture of, of, of what God will do. Jesus himself does that. Here's the where. It's Jerusalem. And, and that leads us to the who. And it's got to be the Spirit. I like what E. Stanley Jones says. Unless the Holy Spirit fills, then the human spirit fails. Um, we have the good news of getting to cooperate with the Lord and being a part of what he's calling us to. We'll get there Uh, We'll get to that in a minute, but what Jesus has modeled for us and what we're reminded of in Acts, it can't just be us. Our self-will, our self-interest will get in the way. If we're going to be who he's called us to be, to do what he's called us to do, it just can't be my affection for the Lord or my loyalty to Jesus or my faith in Jesus uh, it's got to be. Look at these verses. Go back up to verse 2. These are the hand-picked apostles. And in verse 3, Jesus shows himself, gives them the convincing proofs. They are certain at this point. Some had doubted before. They're all certain at point. This is the Christ, the resurrected Son of God. God himself made flesh, resurrected. They're certain of that. That's not enough. Jesus says, wait. He's already led them through all the scriptures and discipled them over three years. Being discipled and knowing the word is not enough. Wait here. It's amazing when you just look at their lives. Discipled, certainty. You listen in John's gospel, Peter has an affection for the Lord. You know I love you, Lord. He's forgiven by God three different times for his three different betrayals. He's under the blood of Christ. It's not enough. Even Jesus in John's gospel says, I'm not enough. Wait, what? It's better that I go. So I want you to stay here in Jerusalem and wait. We've got to see our need. These disciples, all of whom, except for one, were told, go to their death, who live out their affection, live out their gratitude, live out their worship, you're not going to get there. You're not even going to get halfway there if it's just you and your affection. It's got to be my spirit. Wait. If we're going to parent well in this culture, if you're going to date well in this culture, if you're going to be a good steward with your finances, if you're going to be a good steward at work with all that we're bombarded with now to compromise, it's got to be the Holy Spirit who fills us, leads us, is, 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 is reigning in us. You're going to run from lust in this culture, bitterness, gossip, whatever it might be. If we want to, as we said last week with Simeon, if we're ever going to cut through all the confusing culture and be clear about Jesus and to be a witness, as this passage reminds us, it's going to have to be the Holy Spirit. We're not enough. I was sitting at a red light earlier this week 
and I was first. There's a lot of responsibility with being first, and I know it. I drive a Nissan Versa, a little five-speed Nissan Versa, right? That thing can go to zero to 60. Who am I kidding? That thing can't even go 60. So I'm in this little puny car, right? No power. But I've got, I know this responsibility because I'm always whining about people not going on green. So when it turns green, I hit it. And that car sang like never before. That motor made a sound. Listen, not only did children scramble in fear, but I could just see the men in other cars losing all their self-esteem. Did you hear that Versa? It's amazing that sound, that roar of that engine. And I'm like, wow, and I pop it down to second. I'm like, did, did you, do you know who I am? Look at me. And then the brand new Corvette that was behind me that made that sound <laughs> passed me going 80 in a 30 mile an hour. But for that brief moment, I thought, listen to me. It can't be me. It's got to be him. It's got to be him. And it is a hard sermon to hear that. I know that. But I'm begging you and I'm begging me to see the need for the Holy Spirit. We'll talk more about practical things in the weeks to come, but to just to see our desperate need for this constant refilling and leading of the Holy Spirit. A.W. Tozer did a, back in the 1950s, did a sermon series, a Sunday night series on how to receive the Holy Spirit. I went back and read that little booklet. It's a few bucks on Amazon. It's a great little book. And he only gives two paragraphs to this, but it gives voice to what I've been feeling all week as I've been going through this passage when he talks about our need. Here's what he says. Do you want to be filled? Now again, we all have. We talked about Jim Cimbala's statement last week. All believers have the Holy Spirit. But do you want to be filled? Are you sure that you want to be possessed by a spirit other than your own? And then he asks this last question. Are you sure you need the Holy Spirit? You know, I've been doing pretty well. Read my Bible some, going to church a good bit, praying. I give to the church. I don't gamble, cuss or chew or date the girls that do. <laughs> he didn't say that. You know what he said? You can tell it's the 1950s. I don't go to the movie theater. Back in the day, yeah. There you go. Um, you know, I'm doing okay. God's got to be pleased with that. I'm doing okay. But without the Spirit's renewing filling, we're in trouble. And so is everybody around us. So Timothy Tennant says, listen, if we're tired, if we're empty, we've come to that place, we know we need the Spirit. That may be the very place you need to be because it's going to have to be God to light that fire. And I pray we let him today. That's the plan. That's the model. That's the pattern. We even it and see it in Jesus's life, the importance of trusting and relying on the Holy Spirit. As we sang at the start of our service, I trust Jesus with my salvation, but would we trust? Do we see our deep need of the Holy Spirit? Where's the what? The what is to wait. We'll talk about more prerequisites in the weeks to come. We're going to wait on the Holy Spirit to be expectant and do all we need to do so when he does come, when the fire falls, we're ready. 
He can even come to Jerusalem. You might count yourself out, but he does not. Matter of fact, you get some of the sweetest words in Scripture from Jesus ever in this passage. He doesn't just say the Holy Spirit's going to give you power and witness, but the verb there says this, I believe it so much that I'm already calling it right now before it happens. That's how the verb reads. In 1994, we all remember when Mark Messier of the New York Rangers hockey team predicted game six. That's just me. But anyway, he predicted game six of the Eastern Conference Finals. He didn't know. Now it's in his gut. I can carry this team. But I remember that prediction being a hockey fan and a Rangers fan. Jesus knows. If you'll receive this Holy Spirit, I am counting it today as though it's already happened you're going to have the power of God in your life. And as Renee said earlier this morning, you're going to get to be witnesses everywhere when I come. I can come to your brokenness, and I can come and do a sweet, sweet work. It's got to be him. It's got to be him. Wait on him, and then the fire will fall. Let's pray about that. Father, I do pray. Uh, that in this season you would help us to see more of who the Holy Spirit is and, and his, not, not just his ministry, his person, but also his ministry to us, that we can have all that we are to have. I pray for that. Convince us of that. Uh, I also pray that we would trust you, uh, that we'd open our, our hearts freely, that we would not be self-willed, look after our own self-interest, our own lives as we have them, but we'd be open to your filling, your empowering, Uh, to the witness of the Holy Spirit. Father God as well, um, we just pray that you come over these weeks together as we wait well, as as we prepare our hearts well, would you come and do a work? And we will give you the praise for that. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.